0: what is up and welcome back to the grow and thrive podcast today i have on michael an expert in fitness and physical health we're gonna talk about fat loss yo-yo dieting and so much more we're gonna have a lot of fun on this episode so stay tuned and without further ado let's jump in What's
1: up, man? Hey, hey, what's up, Elliot? How's it going, man?
0: I'm really good, man. Just woke up to like amazing hot air balloons. I just moved out to San Miguel and the sunset is just insane, man.
1: That's awesome, dude.
0: So I like starting my podcast with just asking the question like what were what what was the story behind like your fitness journey and everything? So what what was the path that led you to be like just way deeper into fitness and health?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for myself personally, you know, growing up, I was always overweight. You know, I was an athlete. I was actually a three-sport athlete growing up. I played football, basketball, and baseball, but, you know, always kind of had that chubby kid personnel to him. And the first major change really happened for me my junior year of high school. So, just kind of give you a little bit of a background. When I came into high school as a freshman, uh, football was the main sport I was focused on. And I played a running back, linebacker my whole life growing up. And because of my weight, I let it get a little ahead of me. And then they moved me to an offensive lineman position. And this was when I realized okay, things are starting to change a little bit. I'm a little too overweight. And this was the, the situation my freshman and sophomore year. And then my junior year is when I, the first major change really happened to me. I took things a lot more seriously. I, you know, had, you know, dreams of playing college football at some point, but more importantly, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get into the field. I wanted to play. I wanted to kind of get back into my mojo. And what I really focused on specifically was you know exercising, you know, getting into the gym consistently and really the the motivation and discipline carried me a long way that year. I mean, I had early strength training practices with the team. I'd come home during summer camp and I'd you know ride my bike I wasn't able to drive at this point, so I would what I would do is I'd ride my bike to the gym to get an additional workout in. and the results were great, man. I mean, I was able to land a starting uh, position on the varsity football team, both on the offensive side and on the defensive side. And I was really in a good place at this point. And all this hard work actually led me to, uh, having an offer play college football at a dream college of mine. And when I got to college, this is when things started to, started to go downhill a little bit. I unfortunately gained all the weight back that I lost. In high school. So just kind of put a metric to it. I weighed 235 pounds at the highest weight of high school. Heading into college, I got myself down to 205 pounds. You know, I was in very good shape. I was lean, felt great mentally, physically. But, you know, the first two years of college was, you know, a lot of drinking, terrible food choices. You know, I was eating, you know, garbage, you know, about 50% of the week. I was going out partying, you know, two, three, sometimes even four times a week. And I'll never forget getting back to campus my junior year and I stepped on the scale and I weighed 240 pounds. And I realized, like, wow, I really got, you know, got ahead of myself. I mean, I I lost control of my habits you know, what I was doing, it just slowly week after week progressed, you know, the weight, you know, piled on. And I was in a very bad place my junior year. I mean, I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. You know, I fell into binge eating terribly. I mean, it was every week, it was a different binge eating episode. You know, it's, I couldn't just have one tree, I had to have the whole kitchen, you know, I couldn't just have one meal, I had to have the whole you know, refrigerator. And I remember looking into the mirror. This is the day it actually all changed for the for the best. Is you know, I looked into the mirror. I believe this was in um October. And I and I said to myself again, like, man, Michael, you haven't had one good week all year long. I mean, we're nine months, ten months into the year, and you cannot look back on one week and say, I'm proud of the work you put in. And funny enough, junior year of my college, similar to junior year of high school is when I embarked on this journey again and this time i was I had a mindset of i'm gonna do things differently started educating myself a lot more, lots of trial and error I mean, I tried different methods of eating, you know different forms of fasting, you know different exercises, different routines, a lot of trial and error, but It wasn't until my senior year, the following year, when I really saw the biggest changes. So I was a senior when the pandemic started. So this was in 2020. And I'll never forget March that year, March, 2020, we got an email from campus saying, you know, students need to go home. No one can be on campus. It's when online learning became a thing. And when I was, you know, Locked in the house for quarantine, this is when I really took it up a notch. I really got specific on my goals. And one of the biggest things that, you know, ha- had a huge impact on me was because I was home, you know, because I was responsible for all of my actions and there was no external forces that was telling me or you know really forcing me to eat this or eat that you know with school you're, you're dealing with dining halls i was in a fraternity you know our chef he it was you know pastas and, and loaded you know fried foods you know dinners lunch day after day it's very hard to dial in you know my nutrition but when i was home once i started cooking for myself and being aware and conscious of the foods that were going into my body, this is when I was able to take things to the next level. And for the first month when I started cooking for myself, I realized how, how, how much better I felt. But what was really important to me, what I really valued was the control I had over my decisions. And the only one that was gonna stop it and get in the way of my goals was myself and when you match this with the amount of education and the the training i put myself through to start learning more about nutrition but not just about calories in and calories out but learning different food sources you know learning you know really getting in touch with how my body felt on specific foods and the foods i was eating and really observing how i felt mentally physically this is allowed this is when i realized that you know I'm starting to figure things out. the weight was coming off but more importantly I was putting on muscle I was losing fat my energy levels were sky high and I just fell down the rabbit hole man it's it was it was awesome it was great to finally know that I'm in control of what it is I can do and I was teaching and you know listen it was it was not a linear progression I mean I had my up days I had my down days you know few weekends I caved in here and there but becoming a lot more conscious and aware of my nutritional habits and what i was putting into my body really allowed me to get to where i am and you know at this point i'm confident to say that i have an excellent grasp on nutrition i know what it takes to you know maintain my weight if i wanted to go on a cut uh, i'm more than uh, aware of what needs to be done if i wanted to you know go on a little bit of a lean bulk I know the, the different trajectory I need to take. So all that trial and error, you know, all the ups and downs that I experienced on my journey really allowed me to transition into this phase where now I'm extremely confident when it comes to, you know, my nutritional habits and making the change that I want to make and accomplishing the goals that I'm setting out to accomplish at that moment.
0: Man, there's there's so much things to cover on that. There's for example this you were in football and I feel like the motivation to be at a certain level and weight to to reach the position you want in football is a great motivation that I don't think a lot of people check to go out to, for example. And the other thing, you talked about a lot of stuff, I'm trying to like get point by point. And the other thing is, I feel like when covid was hitting and you were you couldn't go for example out you have like two choices i feel like either you go full on and you binge even harder and things get really out of hand quickly or you get discipline and like you said you you make like a great change and maybe it was only for me, but I know that when COVID was hitting, I wanted to com- come back and be a different version of myself. It felt like a new beginning. I don't know about you, but it really felt like that. And I know you, you were talking a, a lot about, for example, foods and how nutrition were a, was a big part of it. So... Mm -hmm. And yo-yo dieting, what is a big part of it? So what for for people that are like cheating and just having big cravings that are just deep into yo-yo dieting that aren't consistent, what would be like the biggest advice on nutrition uh, about yo-yo dieting?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of touch up on what you said, you know, with yo-yo dieting, that's one of the biggest issues a lot of people face when starting a weight loss journey. And the reason why that is, is because typically what happens when someone makes the internal decision to embark on a journey to, to lose fat, you know, to lose some weight, get in shape, they're really motivated the first, you know, few days, especially, I mean, you know, the first three to five days, it's there, the motivation's at a, a, a skyrocket, skyrocketed, it's, you know, it's at an all time high, but sometimes that motivation even lasts for a week, which is awesome. But what tends to happen is, you know, life is not perfect. I mean, you know, we can't plan for everything, that is happening in life. So let's say you were to quote unquote be perfect, you know, uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, you know, Thursday comes around, your buddies, they wanna go out to dinner, they want to grab some drinks. You feel like you may not be able to control yourself, but you decide to go out, um, you go fall off track a little bit, but, and then mentally you think to yourself, you know, damn, and I wasn't perfect today, um, you know, what happened to me, you feel like a failure. And that's when those, you know, binge cycles begin where you're like, okay, it's kind of like the all or nothing mentality where it's like, all right, well, I messed up today. I wasn't on track with my goals. So I'll just start tomorrow. And, and that's typically why we see, you know, the first few days the weight will go down, then the weight will go right back up. And then, you know, Monday comes around and it's the same mentality. It's like, okay, you know, let's get back on track. Um, let's, you know, let's do what needs to be done. And then it's an ongoing cycle because again, life's not perfect and then the next weekend you have a friend's birthday party to go to and you know that's completely out of your control. So when it comes to yo-yo dieting and, and that inconsistencies people have when it comes to like a cheat meal or even like cravings that they may feel when they're on you know, a diet, the biggest piece of advice, it's a, a one line sentence that I always keep in the back of my mind. And that sentence is, be strict with what you can control so that you can enjoy what you can't control. That's an awesome line. And, you know, the example I want to give here is, let's say that, you know, you wake up, right? You go about your normal routine, you walk down to the bakery nearby, you grab, you know, like a loaded muffin, or if you want to get like a bagel with, you know, cream cheese, you get your, you know, frappuccino or, or coffee that's, you know, filled with, you know, sugar and cream. And then lunch comes around and, you know, you enjoy the fat fast food place down the street. So you get, you know, let's say a, a burger, maybe even like a milkshake. And then your friend calls you up later at night. And says like, hey, you know, I, there's this new spot I want to check out for dinner. Uh, I know we were talking about it a few weeks back. Let's go ahead there. And in this situation, one of two things happen. The first is you either dig yourself deeper into a massive caloric surplus because, yeah, I mean, you already had two meals that were not, you know, the healthiest. And, of course, when you're out to dinner, it's it's you're most likely going to you know be consuming a lot more. Or the second scenario is you politely decline that offer because you don't want to, you know, feel that massive caloric surplus. So you end up sitting home at night feeling guilty. Now, unfortunately, when it comes to the latter, that can be even worse because what happens is when you're sitting there with that FOMO, the thought that, damn, you know, I could be out with my friend right now if I didn't eat like crap for breakfast and lunch, the emotions start to get to you. You start to feel guilty, and you feel, you know, sad and depressed that because of your actions earlier in the day, you can't enjoy that quality time with your friend. So what happens is we tend to lose control. I mean, we're bored, we're stressed, emotions are high. So in many cases, what we turn to is food. So let's say you you can all of a sudden have you know. A 2000 calorie, you know, binge at home because you're feeling depressed and sad that you couldn't go out with your friend. And you could have only had 1500 calories when you're out to dinner with your buddy. But neither of those situations are going to lead to a positive ending. So what I like to do in those situations is kind of like I said, you know, it's be strict with what you can control. So when you know that you have full control over your decisions um, for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, be strict with yourself i mean make the case to yourself that okay i'm going to have a healthy breakfast you know i'm gonna have three eggs with a side of toast you know with avocado spread over it for lunch i'm gonna make myself a ham and turkey sandwich for dinner i'm gonna cook myself you know a protein source have a side of rice some vegetables this way when your friend calls you up the next time and let's say for breakfast you had you know oatmeal for example and for lunch you know you had a grilled chicken salad or you know a chicken wrap when they call you for dinner you're not going to feel that guilt you're not going to feel stressed that you're going to be digging yourself into a caloric surplus you're going to actually give yourself permission to enjoy those foods knowing that you were strict with what you can control so that moments like this that pop up out of the blue you allow yourself the permission to actually enjoy yourself and what that's really gonna allow you to do is be present in that situation because you're gonna understand that i deserve this i mean i i earned this meal now in the situations where let's say you know tonight that you have something planned whether it's thursday night you're gonna go meet up with your you know best buds for happy hour or you're going to do a team dinner with your colleagues at work, or you have a social event that you have over the weekend. Plan ahead on those situations. So what I like to do is, for example, if I'm going out for dinner that evening, I'll have a little bit of a lighter breakfast. I'll have a lunch closer to the time before I go out. This way I'm you know not going out to dinner feeling stuffed. And if I'm going to a restaurant that evening, what I like to do is I'll actually open up the menu beforehand on my phone. I'll just Google the restaurant, look at the menu, and go into dinner knowing that, okay, I plan on getting this meal. You know, this is what I want to eat. And when you set those intentions and have that mindset knowing that you're, you know, in control of those decisions – it's going to make those social events. It's going to make those dinners a lot less stressful. I mean, the same goes for, you know, happy hours. I mean, if you know, you're going to be drinking later at night, you know, one of the biggest things I like to do for myself is I'll have, you know, a lighter breakfast. I'll have a low carb lunch, something that's going to hold me over and I'll have a high protein, low carb dinner. And when I go out to have drinks with my, my friends or, or, you know, my colleagues, yeah, you know, I won't even think twice about it. It's because it's I know that I'm not going to feel overstuffed. I I know I haven't overate. I have the energy. I have the the presence that I'm being there, and really planning ahead when you know you have something later that night. It's that's the first steps to really being in control of yourself. But more importantly, we want to make sure that we're present at these you know situations. And if we're overeating throughout the day, you know, if our mind and our energy levels are all over the place, that really takes away from our presence, and it's really gonna you know, alter the the situation. It's not going to allow us to make good decisions. So for the situations that you know you're going to be going out, you have something planned, plan ahead. You know, make the decision to be in control. But more importantly, know that the days that you have full control over and you don't even think about it as days, break the days up into, you know, meals. Into I almost like to break it up into like different quarters of a day be strict with those, you know, situations that you have full control over. This way you can fully enjoy what you cannot control.
0: I really love the control and what you cannot control because I feel it's a big part of your mind and your discipline. Like you said, you don't want to fall into like the trap of feeling guilty and just moving into even deeper caloric sub- surplus. And you also talked a lot like i'm going to need to watch and listen to the podcast again for sure there's so many tips i think it's going to be the same for everyone listening and another one you talked about was social pressure so what do you think do you think your friends have a big impact on your like your dieting and do you think you should cut friends what you would be like your way of approaching friends and just your circles
1: yeah absolutely and you know one of the things i like to think to myself when it comes to my friends you know the circles you know if i'm gonna go out and you know let's say for example you know you know me and my buddies were going out for dinner and typically you know when you go out to dinners it's you know we think of high calorie you know high oily foods you know people are going to get you know heavier meals and if i'm going to go there and order, let's say like a grilled chicken salad, for example, or order a piece of fish with a side of vegetables. And someone looks at me and goes, you know, what are you on a diet, man? Like, enjoy yourself a little bit, like let loose. And and I'm very open. I say, listen, you know, I'm just, I'm watching what I'm eating. Um, You know, I've been, you know, following this nutrition plan. I want to, you know, make sure I don't fall off. You know, this is, I actually enjoy this. This is what I want to eat. If they turn around and, you know, make a comment and say, oh, dude, you know, stop being a loser, man. Just like enjoy yourself right there. You know, that tells me that, you know, they they don't have my best interest at heart. You know, I I then ask myself, I mean, is this really a a true friend of mine? I mean, is this someone who actually cares about myself and, and the way I feel now when you flip the script and you associate yourself with those that are you know on that same mission and who actually support what it is that you're doing, they'll never even bat an eye to to your decisions that you make. And that's 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 an important thing, man. It's it's important to make sure you're surrounding yourself with those who actually support the growth that you're trying to achieve. So for example, you know, you should never ever feel embarrassed to order something healthy off a menu. I mean, another great example is, you know, one time I was grabbing, you know, some drinks with a couple of friends of mine. So a few years back and, you know, people are ordering, you know, heavy beers, uh, you know, mixed cocktails. And I was, you know, I was really watching myself and I just ordered, you know, as simple as it gets, man, just a, a vodka soda, uh, with ice. And I remember my my buddy looked at me and he was like, dude, are you like, what are you, what are you, a chick? And I just, I didn't say anything. I go, you know, no, this is, I just, I actually, I enjoy drinking a vodka soda. You know, this is what I want. I don't, I don't want something too heavy. But internally that tells me, it's like, you know what, is this someone, is this actually like a, a true friend who has my, you know, best interests at heart? Is this someone who actually cares about my goals and what it is that I'm trying to accomplish. And, you know, if that becomes like a, what tends to happen is, you know, the first time, you know, here's the advice I have to everyone listening. I mean, the first time you go out for dinner or to a social event, and you make that health conscious decision where you're going to do what's best for yourself, you're going to not stray away from your goals, have a all out cheat day, you're, you're sticking to your goals, you're gonna order something healthy. The first time it might be uncomfortable. The first time people might make a comment to you, they might, you know, look at you a little funny, be like, hey, listen, man, you know, let you know up a little bit, have some fun. You know, you deserve to have, you know, a few slices of pizza. Now, the second time that you come around that scenario, I can guarantee, you know, 90% of the time, you do the same thing you know you order a grilled chicken salad you order something lighter you order something healthier they're not even going to make a comment because what tends to hap- what's going to happen is that's it's becoming your, a part of your identity and that's a huge shift that happens is once nutrition and once this healthy lifestyle becomes a part of your identity your friends you know all, all, the people who are closest to you they're going to respect that they're going to look up to that and the ones who are you know laughing at you still you know making fun of you making you know sly comments about your health conscious decisions unfortunately those people they have an insecurity it, it inside themselves that's causing them to project that insecurity on you it's making them uncomfortable that you're ordering something healthy you're ordering something consciously whereas they're just give me the fried food give me this give me that and they're not aware of that and what happens is it makes them feel self-conscious about themselves so they're reflecting that on you and the best thing i would say is just go in and be open about what you're doing i mean if someone makes a comment that listen i'm watching what i'm i'm watching myself I'm, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. I've actually lost 10 pounds so far. I'm, I'm working on the last five pounds. You know, I, I've, you know, been doing really good. Never should you feel embarrassed. And, and again, it's an identity shift because what's going to happen in the, in the future when you're in the same scenario, they're not even going to blink an eye. They're going to actually know coming into that event or that social event that, you know, yeah, Michael's going to order something healthy because that's who he is. He, he takes care of himself. So, you know, if, if Taking care of yourself and, and, you know, being someone who's conscious of what what goes in and out of their body is is something to be laughed at, then unfortunately you might need to reconsider the the type of people that you're hanging out with. But about 90, 95% of the time, you know, the first time they might just make a comment, you know, hey, listen, what do you, you know, enjoy yourself a little bit, have fun, you know, let loose second, third time, that's, that's your identity. They know you as that, you know, person who's really looking after themselves, who's looking to grow, who's getting shape, you know, got big goals and they're going to respect that. And believe it or not, I've had many times where people have made comments to me the first time around, just, you know, it's typical. It's, it's very, very common. But the second and third time they, they knew that this is, this is who I am. These are my goals. And Then they start asking questions and they start, hey, you know, hey, Michael, how how can I kind of adapt this, you know, approach? You know, I'm trying to get in shape you know, I've actually put on some a few pounds. You know, what advice do you have for me? And then they begin to take that identity. So you really start to spread that to others. And that's that's the best way to go about it. Is understand that. Listen, at first, it may feel uncomfortable saying, you know, listen, I'm watching over myself. I'm going to order this. But. Understand that this is an identity shift and this is who you are. You know, you are a healthy person. You are someone who looks after their their body, They're someone who looks after the health and, and this is gonna be something that people actually admire about you, which is always a great feeling.
0: Totally. The mindset shift is huge because like you talked about, and maybe not with this specific angle, but when you say to yourself, I'm on a diet like this month, it's I feel like it's not impactful. But if you say, no, I am like the diet. I am the person going to take care of myself. It's not going to be for one or two months. It's going to be for all your mm-hmm. life. So totally, I feel it's a mm-hmm. great part of it. And maybe I don't have the same circles, but I remember that for me, it was just so important for my friends to like, I was teaching and educating my friends to do the opposite so i was if they weren't like on the same page as me i was more on the like maybe it was bad but i was on the offensive side i was like no man you need to get in shape like we're we're doing this together and slowly but surely they were like oh maybe it's a great it's a good idea like just pushing themselves like pictures of arnold and just like just giving him Mm -hmm. they gave him them the vibe and everything and even going maybe this is a little bit too much for some people but i know i was uh, at at some time i was on an extreme part and i was like no man shame me if i'm like i'm going too much in like mcdonald's or i'm I'm just not watching myself And i'm gonna do the same for you so when we change mm-hmm. to the opposite way it's like what the fuck are you doing man no don't grab a coke with it we are we are already like taking two cheeseburger it's okay for the week we have our cheat meal but not no not over so it was mm-hmm. the other way around and i really feel like if your friends are like pushing you down it's even more difficult if everything you see around you is like binge eating and this reminds you of like the the appetite you want to grab it it's going to be really difficult so you really put some great tips out there and i'm going to jump I'm going to jump on the other question because, for example, um, before you've talked about like carbs, a bit about, about carbs, and I feel it's it was a big lie. Uh, obviously, I'm not really deep into like how carbs affect yourself and everything. But w- apart from carbs, what would be like the biggest lies in nutrition and just fitness that just the fitness industry just speaks that is just a total lie?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, really there's, you know, you can, there comes to a point where it's, you know, there's hundreds of different, you know, lies that are told and, you know, gimmicks that are sold when it comes to losing weight and getting healthy. And I mean, kind of like we touched upon, I mean, one of the biggest ones, as we all know, is, you know, the the lie that carbs are bad for you. And when people, it's funny, I mean, when people try to, you know, lose weight and, and go on a diet. One of the first things many people do is they'll just completely cut out carbs, and yeah, I mean, listen, the first week, I mean, you might lose five, you know, maybe like almost up to ten pounds in those first two weeks, and it's like, but a lot of that's really just water weight, and then it all of a sudden it's a standstill. But what what happens is it's 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 a really quick fix where you know in a week or two your energy levels all of a sudden you know shoot down. I mean, you feel terrible about yourself. You. You can't even make it to the afternoon without, you know, needing, you know, some type of sugar rush. And when it comes to carbs, it depends what type of carb you're eating, not carbs themselves that are making you fat. There's two types of carbs. The first is refined carbohydrates. These are the desserts, you know, the white breads, the snack foods, you know, the pretzels, the the chips, those types of foods. What happens with these types of carbohydrates, they make your glucose levels spike quickly, which is why you notice when you have, you know, you have, you know, let's say a, a you know, heavy dessert or a big bag of chips, you really feel tired and unfortunately feel even more hungry after consuming those. Now, when you shift over and focus more on complex carbohydrates, these are like, you know, whole grain oats, brown rice, you know, vegetables, beans, legumes, you know, those types of complex carbohydrates. These types, they raise blood, you know, glucose levels much slower. And what that does is it keeps you fuller for much longer. So it really depends on what type of carb you're eating. That's going to determine if you're going to be putting on weight. So the general rule I have for people that I work with is to have about a cup of, you know, complex carbohydrates with every single meal. So that's roughly about the size of your fist. And really what that's going to do, it's one is going to give you energy. I mean, carbs, they're the main source of energy. That's We need that to get through our day. So... Like I said, car- if you go on a low-carb diet and you completely cut the carbs out, I mean, yeah, you'll be fine for like the first week or two, but you'll notice after that your energy levels, they significantly diminish. So I like to have like a cup of carbohydrates with every single meal. So like breakfast, I'll have like a cup of fruit, you know, lunch, if I'm having like, you know, a plate of chicken with some rice on the side and always include vegetables and then, you know, dinner, include like a sweet potato, for example, because these types of carbohydrates not only are going to give me energy, but they're also going to give me um, – the feel and the energy I need to get through the rest of my day. You know, another big lie, um, you know, a lot of people ask me about and they think is the, the key to their answers is intermittent fasting. And what they say is that intermediate fasting is the key to losing weight. And listen, you know, I don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, intermittent fasting, it's an excellent, excellent strategy to lose weight and hit your goals. But people don't realize that the reason why it's such a good, Metric and a good tool to use when it comes to weight loss is because what you're doing is you're condensing your eating window in a much shorter time frame, which obviously tells us is that there's a less chance that you'll overeat so let's say you were to go on like a you know the most common is sixteen hour fast eight hour eating window some people like to do a you know twenty hour fast four hour eating window it's very hard to consume a surplus of calories when you're eating in such a short window. But that doesn't mean, I mean, people can still gain weight on a four-hour fast. I mean, let's say, for example, your body's daily en- energy expenditure is, you know, 2,200 calories. And you're doing intermittent fasting for four hours a day. So you're only eating for four hours a day. I mean, let's say you have a 1,500-calorie meal um, at hour one, and then hour you know four, you have another 1,500-calorie meal you're still going to put on weight. So the reason why intermittent fasting works is because of that shortened window, but it's, it's not going to determine and guarantee weight loss if you're still eating in a caloric surplus. So really the most important thing is the number of calories you eat that will determine if you gain weight or lose weight. Kind of going back to that example, you know, a person who is intermittent fasting for 20 hours a day and only consuming four hours, a meal, uh, four hours of meal time, if they were to eat 3,000 calories, but person B is not intermediate fasting and they're eating, they have their first meal at 7 a.m. and their last meal at 9 p.m., but only ate 2,000 calories that day, and they broke up, you know, four different meals, 500 calories a meal over, what is that, 14 hours, they're gonna lose weight while person A, who intermediate fasts for four hours, but overeating in a surplus, is gonna gain weight. So it's the number of calories that you're gonna eat is gonna determine the amount of weight you will be losing. And one more lie, I do want to kind of get out there to people. And this is very, very important. And I actually, it actually bothers me a little bit is the quick fix. I mean, we see every, I mean, you go to the grocery stores. I mean, you look at magazines, you look on the internet, you look at fat loss websites. How many times have we seen, you know, lose 20 pounds in 30 days? I mean, six pack abs in one month, you know, lose 10 pounds in a week. I mean, this is this is just a terrible, terrible approach. And what this is known as is crash dieting. And it's one of the quickest ways to set yourself up for failure. One, it's not maintainable. But two, and more importantly, I mean, you're bound to crack eventually. And when you do, you're going to lose any progress you made. But even worse, you're going to develop such a poor style and, and, and you know habit of nutrition that you're most likely going to put on even more weight. And your body's going to be going crazy. It's not going to know what it's going to do. Your hormones are going to be all out of whack and it's just going to set you up for long-term failure. Really? the So these marketing methods and it's it's all a marketing gimmick. I mean, it's, you know, listen, it's lose 20 pounds in 30 does I mean who doesn't want to lose 20 pounds in, in a month. And the, the, these are marketing methods that go after desperate people. The more desperate someone becomes to losing weight, the more they're willing to try out their products and solutions in hopes that that it works. So it's best to really just take a slow and steady approach. I mean, listen, if your goal is to lose weight, all you need is a small caloric deficit, discipline, and a lot of patience, and you'll be at your goals in no time.
0: I just wanna touch up on one or two things. You talked about the calorie deficit and just, for example, counting your calories. But I know that you're big into not counting your calories. For example, what would be some of the the ways of not counting your calories and still being a, in a deficit? And what is it 200 calories, 300 calories deficit? What is the good point to want to have a long-term like sustainable calorie dis- deficit and for fat loss?
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of give you a little bit of background of why I'm against counting calories. And this comes from personal experience. So, I was very, very strict with counting my calories, like to the point where I would, you know, literally track the onions that were going into my my omelets in the morning. And what happens is, you know, for my body personally, so I burn about 3,000 calories a day is my maintenance. So if I were to eat 3,000 calories, um, you know, I'll maybe go up and down plus minus one pound, but I won't go any any less. That's about my maintenance for me. But what happened is when I was counting calories, let's say I was approaching that 3,000 number and I went over by a little bit, like, let's say I went over by 200 calories and I was at 3,200 calories for the day. I was psychologically all messed up. I was like, okay, I'm over. I didn't hit my deficit for the day. So I had the all or nothing approach where it's like, okay, I screw up today. So you know, I'm, I, I give up, you know, it's, let's, you know, let's just have a kind of a free for all day. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's almost that attitude. It's like, Hey, Michael, like you're over your calories. So it, it doesn't matter if you have another thousand calories, cause you already went over, you're in a debt, you're in a surplus. So that was really messing me up. So I took a step back. I I went with a new approach. The new approach I had was boiled down to like more of like an intuitive eating approach where every single day, and I recommend this to everyone. It's step on the scale the first thing in the morning and look at your weight write it down in a journal on your phone wherever you like to keep track of that stuff and throughout the day really listen to your body you know when your body's hungry for breakfast make yourself breakfast and this goes back to just you know a, a you know a healthy breakfast i mean you're in control of like making the decision to have you know a, an omelet with toast or you know chocolate chip pancakes loaded with butter and syrup and, and you obviously know if you're on a weight loss and you obviously know which one is going to you know serve you at, at a higher degree so you know you go with the you know healthier option and then for lunch you know you want to have like a grilled chicken salad and you know you don't stress you want to put in some you know toppings you know you want to include dressing whatever it is you want you don't stress because you, you know you're feeding yourself the, the food that it needs i mean you're nourishing your body the way that it needs and you know you have your dinner and if you want to have a small little you know snack throughout the day that's fine And what I like to do instead of calorie encounters is is actually writing down what I ate. So it's as simple as breakfast, you know, eggs with toast, lunch, ham, turkey, roast beef sandwich, dinner, you know, salmon, you know, sweet potato, broccoli. And then, you know, for snack, maybe I had a bowl of yogurt with some granola. And what you do is you start to look for patterns. So it's not like you're you're not going to figure this out in one day. But what happens is when you write down the foods that you're eating every single day, tracking the, the, the weight on the scale every single day, you're going to see the trends going up. So, I mean, let's say like, you know, over the course of, you know, seven days, you notice your weight was going up slowly by slowly each day. That's a sign to you that, you know, okay, do I need to eat less? Do I need to maybe have smaller meals? Should I maybe cut out the snack and just stick with the three meals of the day? So then you go ahead the next week, you test it out again. Okay. Let me try, you know, maybe for dinner, I won't have as much um, you know, you know, protein that day. instead of having, you know, two pieces of salmon, I'll have one piece of salmon instead of having, you know, full sweet potato, I'll have half a sweet potato, you know, for breakfast, instead of having four eggs, I'll have three eggs. So making those small little changes and then doing the same thing, writing down your weight each day, writing down the meals you're eating, just so that you become conscious of the foods that you're eating. And then let's say that week you saw the scale going down, boom that's a sign that okay what i did this past week is working i'm losing weight so let me continue this trend the following week replicate what i've done the past week you know be conscious of the foods write down the foods that i'm eating continue with those changes that i made see the results and then make adjustments so when it comes to kind of tracking and and logging i'm huge on tracking my weight and tracking the meals i'm eating it's as simple as printing out a sheet that says breakfast lunch and dinner and just writing down for example eggs for breakfast sandwich for lunch you know burger with salad for dinner and seeing how my weight fluctuates throughout the week and then making the decision and making the adjustments that are needed to either continue losing the weight or cutting out so I can lose weight that following
0: week really great techniques and do you think like counting or just viewing your your progress weekly and not daily is a better option
1: Absolutely. Because, you know, I've had days where I knew I was in like a calorie deficit, you know, let's say by 500 calories and I stepped on the scale the next day and I gained weight. So what I like to do, and this is what I recommend everyone do, is take your starting weight. Uh, So what I typically do is because, you know, of course, the weekend, um, weekend activities and this is again. I'm very conservative with, and I know I'm not one to sit here and tell people that you can't go out to eat dinner this weekend. You can't go out for happy hour on Thursday night. You can't do this. You can't do that. I'm very. I'm all about a lifestyle change when it comes to what I preach. So, what I like to do is on Thursday morning. That's technically that. Well, that's what I consider like the first day of where I'm logging my weight. So, like Thursday morning, I will. I, I, so I'll track my weight throughout the week, but what I do is I look for the average from Thursday to Thursday because typically, you know, we, we don't want to track um, we, we the weekend activities come, you know, we get back on track, whatever. Um, but Thursday to Thursday, what I do is I'll add those weights up. Divide that by seven, and then that's my average weight for the week. So then the next week comes, and then I take the weight from Thursday to Thursday, add that up, divide that by seven, and take that average, and then that will tell me if I gained weight or lost weight from the previous um week's metric. And then of course I'll make my decisions and I'll set my goals and, and what it is I'm trying to do the that for that next week. So if I notice I gained weight, then it's okay, you know, what did I eat this past week? where can I cut back on, you know, where can I make some small changes and then test it out the following week and then see what happens. So I'm all about looking at a week's worth of average over like the, you know, getting strung up by the day to day. You know, I I don't want anyone to, you know, focus on, you know, what's the day to day, zoom out, take a bigger perspective and and look what's going on over the course of the week and then make your adjustments necessary from there.
0: That's great. And I feel like it's, also really great for gaining weight. I know that I've been on a bulking journey and weekly can really change things up. And I wanted to talk a bit more about cardio. So you've talked about in the beginning that you were into football, which is, I don't know in, in your opinion, but is it a good cardio? What is a good cardio activity or sport that like, for example, I can practice Or is there like other sport that really sucks? Like, I don't know. I'm just asking which are the best cardio sports, in your opinion, to practice for weight loss?
1: Absolutely. And um, that's a great question. So the the first thing that I do want to get out there to everyone listening, and this is something that I want you guys to all keep in mind, is that cardio should be looked at as a tool for weight loss, not the main driving force it should be a compliment, you know, it should complement your strength training, your, 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 you know, resistance training sessions. Now, when it comes to the best form of cardio, you know, this is the answer that everyone's going to want to hear. It's the one that you enjoy the most. So there's no such thing as a perfect cardio routine. I mean, it's the one that best suits your lifestyle, because again, you want cardio to be something that you enjoy. Not like, oh, I have to go run five miles today, or I have to go do 40 minutes on the stair climber for my cardio today. No, it's one that you know that you can do day in and day out or week in and week out and actually enjoy it. So let's say, you know, you enjoy playing tennis. I mean, that's awesome. Go, go play tennis. That's an excellent form of cardio. I mean, I know you, Elliot, you're a a soccer player. I mean, you know, go out on the field and, you know, go play, you know, some pickup soccer. That's an excellent form of cardio. I mean, you know, if you enjoy hiking, You know that that's awesome it's an excellent form of cardio now when it comes to fat loss specifically the best form of cardio is one that's high intensity so that's why like you know sports like soccer tennis um those are excellent forms of cardio boxing you know high intensity really getting your heart rate up and now one of the most common things for people is what's called um hit so it's high intensity interval training so you're better off doing a 15 minute hit session after you exercise than doing a 45 minute long run on the treadmill. And, you know, one of my favorite things for a hit, uh, one of the favorite methods of hit I do, for example, so I actually, I'm not the biggest fan of the treadmill. Uh, my knees, they, they they tend to lock up. I, I get, I suffered from shin slits in the past. I'm a big fan of the Stairmaster. So what I'll do is, um, you know, three times a week, I prefer doing hit after a, um, a lift. And what I'll do is I'll go for 15 minutes and for a minute and a half, I'll go at like a super high speed. So I'll put the stair climber up to like 12 and level 12 and I'll bust it out for a minute and 30 seconds. And then what I'll do is I'll drop that down to a level five for another minute and 30 seconds. And I'll do five rounds of those. You're going to be sweating like crazy you're going to be feeling excellent, your heart rate's going to be going up, it's going to be going down. And, and that's what you're trying to do when it comes to fat loss and cardio is you're trying to, you know, raise your heart rate, but bring it down. And that's, that's the high intensity behind, um, behind uh, training. And that's why if you're going to get better results doing 15 minutes of a high intensity activity than, you know, 40 to 50 minutes of a, a, a longer, you know, kind of static type of, of cardio. Long term, though, the best form of cardio, and this is something I recommend all the listeners doing is walking. I mean, walking is one of the best things you can do. I mean, you know, let's say for anyone out there who's listening and you know, it's if you're not if you haven't got yourself into the gym, if you're still looking to begin an exercise routine, what I recommend is start with just 30 minutes of walking. And you'll notice your one energy levels i mean the mood the way you feel but the amount of weight you lose early on especially it's 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 just amazing but more importantly i mean this is it's you want to treat this as a form of meditation i mean walking it's you know it's it allows you to just kind of get out there clear in mind it's it's something i do it's it's one of my you know daily non-negotiables every single day i walk for a minimum of 30 minutes And what I like to do, for example, is, you know, I put on a podcast, I'll put on, you know, I'll listen to an audio book, something that's, you know, educational, informative. Sometimes I won't even, you know, put on anything to listen to. I'll I'll really try to get into like a meditative, you know, active state, you know, listening to the birds. I mean, looking at the trees, the plants, and really kind of just staying present. And long-term, that's an excellent form of cardio. It's something that I recommend every single person who's looking to lose weight or just every single person, regardless of what you're trying to do. Is you know cardio, uh, as a form of cardio is walking, but really the best form is one that you enjoy. You know, one that's high intensity, but one that you can sustainably do for a long duration of time throughout the you know weeks and months.
0: It's so fun because just having something that you really look at, look like for for example, in one week I'm going to do my really fun jujitsu session or i'm going to do my football session or whatever it's really cool to have something to have fun in it and walking also is a really cool thing that i i saw it really was beneficial in all aspect so really awesome and i just wanted to ask a quick question i knew i know you are you have a busy day just to know about what would be for example someone ask you like i want to lose fat but what would be the the best like uh, sport uh, around cardio or weightlifting? What would be the best, or should you do both?
1: Yeah, great question. So I recommend everyone who's looking to you know lose weight, lose fat, regardless of like your goal, you should be strength training. You should be lifting weights. Um, you know, if you're a beginner, two times, three times a week. As you become more advanced, you can increase to you know four times, maybe even you know, five times. I don't really recommend, um, you know, more than five, you know, strength training sessions a week. But the reason that it's so important to lift weights and, you know, get stronger on a weight loss and fat loss journey is because what's going to happen is as you are in a deficit, if you were to rely only on cardio on that caloric deficit, you're going to be in a position where you may be losing Muscle simultaneously so what's going to happen is the strength training that you're incorporating during your fat loss journey that's going to maintain that muscle and this is why we typically see people get shredded is because what they'll do is they'll be you know lifting weights um but at the same time cutting and you know burning fat which is why their bodies are so defined what's going to happen if you stick to cardio only on a weight loss journey, you're going to kind of get that skinny fat physique where it's, you know, your, your arms may, you know, look, you know, they may not be defined. You know, your chest is not defined. Your back's not defined. You still have, a you know, the, your stomach, you, you know, your gut, but that's going to happen if you rely solely on cardio. So what I like to do is, is really focused on strength training and to the point where you may not even need to do cardio you can inf- incorporate forms of cardio in your strength training and this is done through high intensity exercises or supersets so for example you know let's say you wanted to have a really high intensity exercise you know and it's you know let's say it's like a chest day for yourself you know you pick you know six different chest exercises that you want to do and you know you can end up doing three sets uh, or three different exercises, so to speak, A, B, and C, but two two exercises per, um, per part. So it's like two exercises for A, two exercises for B, two exercises for C. So, you know, you complete, let's say like dumbbell chest press, but the minute you complete that set, you drop right down and do push-ups. So what you're doing is you're incorporating that high intensity form of cardio through strength training sessions. And it's a win-win because not only are your workouts going to be more effective and more efficient, but it's not going to drag and take you an hour to complete an exercise routine. And at the same time, you're getting a cardio um, workout through a strength training. So those who are looking to lose fat and, and, you know, go on a weight loss journey, highly, highly, highly recommend you incorporate some form of strength training in addition to any cardio that you want to include through your routine.
0: Wow, this is beautiful. So much good and valuable information. Thank you so much, Michael. And to everyone listening right now if you have any question about fat loss or fitness or anything just go at his twitter I'm going to link it in the episode link, like description and yeah he's just Michael is the is the expert man just a beautiful podcast and everything was perfect so uh, d- do you have something to if the people want to talk a bit more uh, with you or just want to connect with you, um, do you have another place that you want them to connect uh, with you? Yeah,
1: the best, you know, the best place to connect with me um, is on my Twitter. It's it's just my first initial uh, M-H-Peltekian, P-E-L-T-E-K-I-A-N. P-E-L-T-E-K-I-A-N. Uh, like Elliot said, he'll link that in the show notes. And... You know, one thing I'm huge on is, you know, my DMs are always open and I'm, you know, if you have any types of issues, if you have any questions, concerns, if something's not working for you, if you just want to learn more about something, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to, you know, go back and forth with you. If you want to hop on a 15 minute call, just to kind of go over things in greater detail, I'm here to help because, you know, I know the journey I've been on and one of the, I wish I had someone to turn to. I wish I had someone who knew what they were doing who could educate me and inform me on you know what i'm doing right what i'm doing wrong and help me create a game plan for the future so i could achieve my goals so dms are open you know don't hesitate to reach out you know happy to speak happy to go over anything you want and you know listen it's remember the number one advice i have to everyone is you know, fat loss. This journey, it's it's not a quick fix. I mean, what you're doing here is you're building a lifestyle change, and that's the the mindset shift that we need to incorporate. Is, you know, how can we do something that's going to be sustainable over the long term? And, and you know, that's really what I preach. That's really what I teach. And you know, if I'm there, and you know, I could help. You And know, if I can make an impact in your life, uh, it's it's my blessing, and I'm more than happy to to assist you guys in any way that you guys need.
0: That's awesome, man. And I'm sure we're going to make another podcast in the future, maybe in a couple of months. So thank you for everyone listening. See you soon. And thank you again, Michael.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me on Elliot. It was a pleasure.